I'm Carrie Brett, and this is Shot at Love. Finding that connection and being in a relationship is one of the most critical things in our lives. The million dollar question is, how do we find that? Or is there another way to find love other than a dating app? Today we'll find out. This week's guest is Jill Vander. She's a dating and relationship coach, love extraordinaire, and executive matchmaker at Lunch Dates, Boston's locally owned matchmaking service that is celebrating 40 years in business. She's been responsible for relationships, marriages, children, and grandchildren. Finding love is serious business for Jill, and when we come back, she'll share how it's done. You won't want to miss it, so stay tuned. Jill Vandor is an executive matchmaker, dating and relationship coach with over 25 years in the dating industry. Jill has made a career out of getting people into serious relationships. She's been featured in the Boston Globe, Boston Magazine, the New York Times, and on Chronicle on WCBB Channel 5 Boston. She's a go-to for successful single professionals in the greater Boston area as a matchmaker, dating coach, and all-around dating expert. Jill and I recently shared the stage at the Great Love Debate that was hosted by Brian Howie at Boston City Winery. And I'm so excited to have Jill in the studio today. So without further ado, welcome to Shot at Love, Jill. I'm so happy to have you here. Hi, Carrie. Thanks for having me. This is going to be really fun. I loved sharing the stage with you. And we were just like split at birth. I'm telling you, you are fantastic. (laughs) You were so funny and so much fun. And I love when people are so passionate about helping others find love. So tell us a little bit about your backstory and why you became so passionate about helping others find love. I think for me, it's just always been in my blood. You know, I've been doing this for 25 years. I like to joke that I've been doing it since I walked out of the womb and started matching people up together. And, you know, you have to kiss a lot of frogs till you find your prince. But I think at the end of the day, you should never settle and you should find that right person. And I think that there's just certain people on this earth that were meant to bring people together. And that was my passion. And that's, you know, kind of just took off from there. I want to hear all about this every step of the way. So your clients are busy professionals who want a more dignified approach to meeting someone. And they they want to be offline and they want to keep their identity private. I remember speaking to you about this and I thought to myself, I had no idea that a lunch dates was available when I was on Tinder. And and why was that? You know, you've been around 40 years. And the reason why I thought I didn't hear about it is because people don't want to talk about not being able to find love. It's twofold. They don't want to be able to talk about not being able to find love. Also, the, the fact that they are hiring me for this important area of their lives you know, they don't always want to share this with others. And when I started back in the day, there wasn't even, you know, swiping left and right or anything else. You know, I used to go to weddings where I had set people up and I have to sit at that misfit table and they would say, you know, how do you know, you know, the bride or the groom or who do you know and how do you know them and what do you do? And I would just say, you know, I met them in line at the bank. First of all, nobody goes to the bank anymore. But the point is, is that even back in the day at the weddings, when I would go to, people still didn't want to say that I was the one that fixed them up. Fast forward to today, people will say that I fixed them up, but they might say that I was their friend or something like that, rather than saying they hired an executive matchmaker. 
So there is all this shame associated with being alone, being single, not being able to find love. And when I go to parties with my boyfriend, people are like, I'll introduce him. I'll say, this is my Tinder MVP. And we are a Tinder success story. And people's faces hit the floor because they're just like horrified. But I make it a joke and I don't really care because that's really how we met. And I don't believe there's any shame in meeting on any dating site or hiring a matchmaker. You want results. And I tell people day in and day out, use every avenue venue till you meet that right person. Obviously, I like to set people up and I'm successful at it. But at the end of the day, all of my clients or the majority of them have tried an app before or had a friend fix them up before. And it's just one other avenue to get you to find that right person and never settle for less. One of the things that happens to people when they come to see you is they say, I'm here, I'm paying for the service, I'm, I'm doing it right. I want what I want. Well, we're not buying a home. We're not buying a car. (laughs) (laughs) It's easier, trust me. Yeah. So how do you help establish that trust, that relationship? Because you've got to get in the trenches with them really quick. The first step is, is that, you know, we would have a phone conversation and talk to them and find out what it is that they're looking for, what their preferences are, talk about their past relationships, what's worked, what hasn't, really get to know them and make sure, first of all, that their expectations are realistic. Because this, again, back to buying a house or a car, you know, there's the wants and needs. And there's certain things that are going to be non-negotiable. And then there's certain things that we would like to have. So I have to get to the nitty gritty and finding out what things are the non-negotiables and what things are going to make this person tick and find out about the past relationships so that I'm setting this person up for success because yes, I'm definitely in the boat with them. Their success is my success. So the quicker I can get them into a healthy relationship, the happier they are and the happier I am. That's great. Because in any job, you want success. You want your clients happy. Absolutely. It just makes sense. Do you ever have these situations where you sit down with people and you're just like, wow, like this person's like not even on the planet or this is going to be so much work because they're so delusioned? Well, it's not that they're so delusioned. It's just that their expectation versus reality is a little skewed, I would say. And I think the thing is this, is that, you know, and being, you know, out in the world when people are dating and meeting people, yes, they may have met somebody who is this person that they think that they want to be with, but they're not with them now for a reason because that wasn't the right person. Before I work with somebody, I have to peel it back with them to make sure that they are realistic. I do believe that chemistry and compatibility are the keys to make a relationship work, but you have to kind of pick and choose how far we're going to swing the pendulum on these things. I know myself when I first started dating, tall was number one on my list. Like that did not matter. That was ridiculous. And I had some very superficial things on the list that were irrelevant. Yeah, like most. And so I think that's one of the stages of figuring all this stuff out. I kept dating really tall people. And then I took it off my list. I don't know. I don't know why people get hung up on all that stuff. 
I think the reason why people get hung up on it is this, is that at the end of the day, if you are going to look to meet somebody and put your heart out there and decide, okay, I'm ready to let this person into my life, you're going to look back at relationships in your past that haven't worked so that you don't make the same mistakes. However, definition of insanity is, you know, doing the same thing and expecting a different result. We do make the same mistakes. We tend to want to go for the same things. Right. So it's about finding out, you know, okay, learn from that past relationship what really you need to have to be successful in a relationship. Now, if you want to be with somebody tall, that's fine. Figure it out. You know, if I'm more of a petite woman and I want to be with somebody tall, it doesn't mean he has to be six foot two. Maybe he can be even five eight or five ten. So it's kind of picking and choosing what things are your negotiables and your non-negotiables. Right. So it's like pick the battle to win the war. Exactly. And the more flexible and the more open-minded you are, the faster you will find love. So you help people narrow down and prioritize what they're looking for. Now, once you've got that established and that relationship established, and I can only imagine what some of those conversations are like. You know, it's a little, the art of negotiation. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's interesting. Tell me about the setup process. How do you, you match people together by hand? All of my matches are done by hand. We do a thorough interview to find out, you know, preferences. Then from there, I have a team, there's five of us, and we all work together. So the beauty is, is that as I'm talking or speaking with somebody, people are coming to mind. It's just in my nature. I can't help it. I'll be talking to people and they're talking and I'm already thinking of, you know, Michael or John or Susan or, you know, Jennifer. So then I'll bring, you know, that person's file and everything to my team and we'll discuss it. And I will say the reasons why I will state my case, why I think that these two people should meet together. They may come back and say, well, did you think of this person or that person or what about this and why? And then at the end, then we decide who we're going to go with first. You know, if I was talking to Carrie, I would call you up and I would tell you all about him and all the reasons why I would think he's a great match for you. And on the flip side, I would tell him all about you. And then from there, I would set the two of you up. Okay. <laughs> and do you make suggestions of where they're going to meet? Do they have oh, to meet? Oh, we do everything. So, you know, I'd call you up. I'd tell you, you know, how old he is, what he looks like, what he does, hobbies, interests, how tall he is, everything. Then I would figure out exactly where you're at and where he's at. And then I would find a place that's convenient for you both. So just as an example, I say, okay, I will have you guys meet tomorrow night, seven o'clock at Joe's. We've literally, we thought of everything. You just get dressed, show up and have a good time. Wow. Okay. How long does this process take of finding or like curating these different people that you're going to set them up with? Well, for the first match, usually what I do is that when I'm interviewing you, I want to make sure that I feel comfortable that I already have people in mind for you. Usually by the end of our interview, I'll already have, you know, some ideas. So then the next day I will call you and tell you all about him and why I think he's a great match for you. And then I'll call him and tell him all about you and why I think that you will be a great match for him. Because I got to look at both sides of the coin. I don't want it to be just that one side's going to be thrilled and the other side isn't. I want to make sure that not only am I fixing you up with somebody who I think you'll like, but that he will like you as well. 
I would have you guys out in the next few days, depending on your schedules. And then the main thing that makes this all work is the next day after the date, you both call me up and give me the feedback. Give me my report card. That must be interesting. Very. It's, it's the best part of my job. I bet. Now, my first date with Scott was disastrous because I wasn't in a good headspace. I still had a long way to go, and I made a lot of mistakes on the date, which actually made the date, like, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I was just this train wreck. But I said enough right things that I salvaged it. Okay. But it was touch and go. So I'm sure you have lots of disastrous dating stories. Two things. One is that as far as I'm really happy that you guys obviously went on a second date you know, right, from there. Right. So I always give great dating advice whenever I can. And the thing I tell everybody, whether they're meeting through me or on their own, is if you go on a date with someone and you have a nice enough time, and again, I don't care if it's even disastrous, you guys laughed, you know, you had fun, and it just wasn't everything that you hoped that that first date would be, but you could see that this person is genuinely a good person, and they're attractive enough. They don't have to be Prince Charming, but they were a good person, and that there's something that could be good. Always go on a second date with them, because people act different on a second date than they do on a first date. They're much more relaxed. It's a lot more fun. You can really get to know who that person is. And I can't even tell you how many people I've gotten into relationships where after the first date, they're like, oh, Jill, you know, I get it why the match was made, but it's not going to be, you know, for whatever reason. And then I'm like, well, would you go out with this person again? Well, yeah, but I don't even know that they're going to ask me out again. I'm like, just trust me on this one. They go out, now they're in a relationship today or they're married today. Now, it doesn't always happen, but always be open-minded to going on a second date. You will get in a relationship that much faster. Wow, that's a really good tip. What would you say is the biggest mistake on the first date versus the second date? Like, so let's go through your advice for the first date. Don't talk about your ex, your past relationships at all on a first date. Don't talk about anything to do with dating. You know what? You're there on a first date to just find out, do I like this person enough to go on a second date with them, really? Also, don't talk about politics. You know, you're not going to win that battle or war on the first date. And you know what? At the end of the day, you could still be on different parties and still make it work. So on that first date, do ask questions about them and be a good listener and ask follow-up questions. Also, something that I think that people miss out on knowing is, is that I tell people a first date should really only last about an hour and a half to two hours. A lot of times people go on a first date and they're having such a great time. They want to stay three, four hours, maybe, you know, longer than that. And what happens is, is that your first date has bled into your second date and you have started talking too much and saying too much. Save it for the second date. The main thing is this, is go have a good time. See if you want to see this person again. If you like them enough, then go on a second date and then we're going to go from there. Okay, this is really good stuff. So the first date, avoid politics, make it about them, ask a lot of follow-up questions, and keep it short. You got it. Always leave them wanting more. Always leave them wanting more. And then advice for the second date where people are showing up differently. (laughs) Is this when we're all going to let it hang out? Or what's going to happen here? We're still not all going to let it hang out. (laughs) You don't want to be something that you're not. You still want to be yourself, but you don't need to, you know, 
let all the skeletons come flying out right then, you know, not to say that everybody has that, but so the first date you guys might meet for a drink and appetizers, just kind of get to know each other. Second date, you might do something more of an activity so that you guys can be talking and doing something at the same time so that it doesn't feel like it's the same date all over again. So, you know, there's a lot of fun things like I'll suggest to people, whether they go to bowling or go play pool or one of those axe throwing places or paint places, things like, you know, something fun. So that is also going to have a beginning and an end so that this way you do that activity, you have a good time, and then you leave again. Don't keep going. Still leave them wanting more. Okay. So we're going to keep that going, that wanting more thing. All right. That's good. How great would it be to find the love of your life, the man of your dreams? Do you believe online dating would work if you had the right tools to be successful? Well, I have exciting news. I've created your best shot at love masterclass. I cannot wait to share with you what's worked for me in my life and for many of my clients that have helped over the years. If you enroll in this class, you have a winning mindset and believe in getting help before you start something new. If you're ready to see changes in your dating life and want to take action, check out my free webinar at shotatlove.co. If you decide you're going to choose another path, that you're worth it and you're willing to enroll in the masterclass, you can also register at shotatlove.co. I designed this masterclass specifically for you to be successful. Please know that everything you're going to learn in these nine modules and six coaching calls has been carefully curated for you so you can gain the success you truly want. I will be there for you the whole time. In the meantime, I wish you all the success and I can't wait to hear about your story of finding love. I'm Carrie Brett and I will be your mentor and friend through this incredible journey. I want to talk about the difference of your service versus the online dating apps. And I know one of the biggest frustrations with online dating is that people get very aggravated with the investment of time and how much time they're writing and texting people for weeks, even months, and they don't even meet that person. One of the biggest complaints is that you don't know who's on the other side of the keyboard. Yeah, absolutely. And so you're cutting that problem away. Yeah. First of all, the safety, we've met and interviewed everyone. So that's far none. But exactly what you said, there's a lot of wonderful people online. And, you know, I'm super happy for you and Scott that you guys met. And I have friends who have met online. I don't say anything negative as far as there are good people. It's just a ton of work. Hours spent swiping left and right and swiping left and right. And then you find somebody, you're like, this person seems great. And all of a sudden you're texting and chatting and then you guys, they just disappear. Or you're supposed to meet and you're, it doesn't appear to be that person or you never meet. What happens with the dating apps a lot of times is that people do want to meet somebody. But what it does is, is by corresponding with them on the app, it's kind of like scratching the itch. It's like, okay, I did this. It didn't work. All right, I can move along. But you didn't follow through the whole way with it. You, And then it's worse because when you do follow, if you're somebody who does follow through, the other side doesn't follow through. This way you're cutting all of that out. I do all of the work and you just show up and have fun. Right. And I think too, it's like you get what you pay for. So on these dating apps, people like act like it's a video game and they turn it on for a little while 
turn it off. They can come and go. They're not paying for it. It's not even just that. A lot of times, unfortunately, too, we live in a world that's like so fast paced so that even if they are engaged on the app and they're sticking with it, then what happens is, is they're like, oh, okay, you know what? You seem really great. And now I'm going to meet you. So then they have it all scheduled to meet you. And then all of a sudden, while they're on the date, the phone's lighting up because, and they're like, maybe I'm missing out on somebody. No, you're not. You have a wonderful person right in front of you. So put that phone down. Okay. Well, that is a type of person that they're the time wasters. Exactly. They are. Yeah. I'm sure lots of people ask you this question. What types of people pick up the phone to ask about your service, to ask to become clients? What is their age group? Are they players? They're Are de- they serious about dating? Typically, my clients start anywhere from their mid to late 20s and go to early 60s. They're not players. They just they wouldn't be working with me if they're players because... They can go online and do it. and Makes sense. To them, that's, you know, their game. They're, like you were saying, the video game. It's like, you know, bing, bang, boom. They can have a date tonight or not or just mess around with it. First of all, people who are working with me, number one, they're investing in, in this in themselves. But more important, they're taking the time. They're doing a complete interview with me. And they're sharing their story with me. So... I, I'm vested in them as well because now I know who this person is. And it's both men and women who are telling me their story. It doesn't make a difference if it's a man or a woman. And a lot of times I'll be working with somebody who's got, you know, got it all together, high-powered, running a successful business, everything, went to the best school, this, that, doesn't make a difference. They focused on that, and now they're like, well, I want to share it with somebody, but they don't want to be on an app. They want to be able to outsources it's kind of like if you were going to you know find a job a new job you would hire a recruiter for that I'm just they're hiring me to be the recruiter for their love life so now what do you do with the people that and you see it all the time they have the money they have the job they have the career and they are just they've lost hope my job is to restore hope and faith and also assure them that you know at the end of the day they don't need the love of somebody else to complete them. It's just to compliment them. At the end of the day, you got to love yourself first, and then somebody else is going to, you're both going to bring something to it in right. that respect. But, you know, if anybody says, well, what if I do this and I don't meet anybody or anything? Well, you're going to always meet quality people through me anyways. It, it's also a journey that people take to realize that, you know what, there are good people out there, and, it, and they can see that. Because a lot of times people lose faith, not that they're not meeting somebody, but it's that, this whole f- dating app fatigue, basically what happens is, is that they're swiping, they're getting stood up, they're getting ghosted, they're, you know, everything happens. And that's what's soul crushing. It's not, listen, people are big, are grownups, they can handle it, but don't play a game with somebody's emotions. Right. I agree. So some people I'm sure hit it right out of the park right away. I'm sure you've had matches, mm-hmm. you know, first dates. It does happen occasionally, occasionally. on a first date. They think I can walk on water. I'm like, listen... I thought it was a good fit. You know, at the end of the day, does it typically happen on the first date? No. But it has. It has. Okay. How long do you think it takes for most people? Everybody's different, you know, as far as... Ideally, I like to work with people for a minimum of six months, but ideally a year. And the reason I like to work with them for about a year is that people act differently at different times a year. They act different with the seasons, the holidays, and also... 
as far as if they get into a relationship, it's to say, I tell people the same thing. You should be with this person for a full year before you put all your, you know, you move in or you get married or you do this or that because you want to be with them for the different seasons. You want to be with them for a happy occasion and an unfortunately sad occasion. You want to see how people handle things because if you're always getting the good of somebody, then all of a sudden you get smacked and blindsided because you hadn't had the bad, unfortunately. It can be a big awakening. So, you know, I hope nobody I has I think that's that. good advice. But don't you think within that year, the person dating, if they haven't dated before, really grows as a person? Anybody that's working with me is growing as a person because of the fact that they are meeting the quality of individuals that they want to be meeting so that they can see, you know what? I am worth it. As opposed to meeting somebody that's not making them feel good. And so I think that people absolutely grow. People change. They evolve. The whole thing is this, is I tell everybody, I can do everything right. We still have to have heaven and moon and the stars come to alignment so that you guys both have the chemistry and the compatibility. But that being said, we start out, as I was saying, that I'll fix you up with somebody, and then I will get that feedback. From there, we learn a lot about you and what's important. You might think, as you said, that wish list that we started with is the most important thing. But by the end of it, you might end up with exactly that because that could be who you are. But in general, most people, the people who are the most flexible, the most open-minded, will end up finding that right person because they found exactly what they wanted, really, who that person was. Well, the other thing that I like is that you act as a sounding board and you also have the relationship and dating coaching that you provide. And I know myself, because my boyfriend's really so kind, he was really foreign to what I was used to dating. It was it was nuts how bad I was. And I had two or three girlfriends grabbed me right in the beginning and they said, you have to go back out with him. And I was just like, I'm unsh- I don't know. And they were like, you don't know anything because you're so upside down. And right. your friends are making decisions for you, by the way, now. And I needed that, but thank God that they did do that. Thank God they did that too. And the fact that they, were, they gave you the right advice. They said, listen, this is a nice guy. Go out with him again. Yeah. And people don't put enough value or stock in being nice. I'm telling you, like... A hot, bad boy will put you in the grave any day of the week. Absolutely. It's fun for a night, and then it's torment thereafter. Totally. Give me nice all day long. Always. Always. I just saw a TikTok of somebody whose grandmother was dying, and she said, I go to the hospital day after day, and it's the same people who show up for that person sick. Give the people who would show up for you when you're sick the time. And I think, honestly, like... Think about the idiots we give the time of day when dating. Not that you've curated for your clients. But. <laughs> no, but, but I've talked to idiots in my day. And, and I talked to my clients who have dated those idiots in their day, not through me, because they had to go through that journey at one time or another. Absolutely. They thought it was what they should be doing. And then they realized, like, I should have listened to you sooner, Jill. I'm like, I know. Well, you've given a lot of good advice. And one of the other things that you said was, how do they handle the hard times? Now, I can only imagine how much you had to pivot and how much you had to do during COVID while running lunch dates. Can you talk about how you pivoted or 
how you believe the landscape has changed for the dating world. Has it become better or worse? Better, fortunately. 25 years of doing this, like everybody else, all of a sudden the world is shut down. And my whole being is to bring people together in person. So it was really pretty crazy at the time. We quickly pivoted to offering Zoom dates. And I had to be honest and say, in the beginning, I resisted it. I was all about you have to meet in person. And there's something lost in, you know, meeting somebody over Zoom. This is not, you know, the norm, which nothing was the norm at the time. However, then I was talking with my clients. And during COVID times, people craved companionship, they can craved human connection. They wanted somebody to be talking to them. And I actually got more people in relationships during that time than I probably ever did. So listen, I'm never too old to learn new things as well. Fast forward through COVID, people were really evaluating what was important to them. And definitely love was very important to them. Having somebody, having that person, their person. And so then we came out of COVID and Pre-COVID, everybody was moving fast, you know, and everything was so fast and this and that. And people were really looking when they were dating for what was wrong with somebody. And I found that after COVID or even through COVID and after COVID, people came out of it, the people who want to be in relationships, realizing what was right with somebody rather than looking for what was wrong. And that's pretty profound to me because that just shows how people can evolve. I like that. I think that's really good. And I think what happens in this industry is that people get burnt out, like you had mentioned, the dating fatigue. Life's hard. You know, they have challenges personally, otherwise. And it's really hard to keep going on like one bad date after another. You have no idea. I mean, this is what I try to tell people. Listen, you can't take yourself out of the game. You can change the game that you're playing, but you can't take yourself out. Because you know what? I The reason I do what I do is I absolutely believe that there is a lid for every pot out there. So there is somebody for everyone. But you have to stay in the game. You have to figure out whether it's going on the apps, stay, switching the app, whether it's hiring myself as a matchmaker or somebody else for that matter, you have to do something and put that energy out there to the universe that you are ready to meet that person so that you can meet him or her. It's so true. I mean, it's as simple as you can't take yourself out of the game. You can't. What is the first thing that people do when times get tough and dating? They want to stop. They want to go and hide and be done. They quit. So what would you say the most common mistake, and I'm sure you you have to course correct for people, the most common mistake people do or ways they hold themselves back? Well, I think they hold themselves back because they go on some dates and those dates didn't work out. So they're like, well, been there, done that, tried it, didn't work. Well, guess what? You know, how many times have I tried a diet that didn't work, but I have to keep going back and walk back into Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig or whoever it is and realize that just because that time didn't work, it doesn't mean that it was Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig or anything else. It's a matter of maybe it wasn't the right time in life for me to be dieting. Now I'm at, you know, it's a way of life. You can't just do one thing and then decide I'm quitting. So many times I'll talk to people and they're like, well, you know, I I did that and I don't want to do it anymore. And I, you know what, I'm just going to wait for them to find me. I'm like, well, 
if he shows up at your door, I mean, please don't open it. Like, (laughs) that's not how you're going to meet somebody. You've got to be out there. You've got to get involved in sticking with it and finding that right person. Right, in that process. So how do people find out more about you, find out more about lunch dates? Can they call you for, you know, to ask you questions? How does it all work? Absolutely. They can check us out online at lunchdates.com. They can call us directly at 617-254-3000. Feel free. I'm Jill. My team, we're all excellent. We all work together. We've all had, myself, over 25 years doing this, but the girls in the office have been doing it with me for years upon years. We all work together as a team. So if you have a question about dating, if you want to find out how the service works, anything, our line is open. Trust me, I always tell everybody the same thing. There's nothing I haven't heard. And if you tell me something I haven't heard, that's kind of a little bit more exciting too. So I love that. (laughs) It's so true. But you were wonderful today. And I thought you had some really valuable tips. And I really enjoyed having you on the show. So thanks so much, Well, thank you so much for having me. I think you're fantastic. Thanks. And for now, this week's dating tips, which are inspired by our guest, love extraordinaire, Jill Vandor. Number one, be present on the date and be genuinely interested in the other person. And don't forget to ask a lot of follow-up questions. Number two, on the first date, don't talk about your ex, past dating history, and avoid controversial subjects like politics or religion. Save something for the second date and leave them wanting more. Number three, there will be ups and downs, but whatever you do, don't take yourself out of the game. I hope you found some of my tips helpful this week. This is what Shot at Love is here for, to help you find love. Keep up the commitment to yourself and commit to helping someone else by sharing this podcast. Remember to stay safe and stay tuned for more episodes. And if you like this show, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. I'm Carrie Brett, and we'll see you next time.